When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Hi, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, I've got the assembled members of the hashtag crew around me. Again, congratulations to Georgia champions of the college football world after just an absolute beatdown of TCU last night. I've got some questions about that coming up in a moment. I just want to put a ribbon on the conversation we were just having about the way television is consumed these days. Um, but here's what I will say. I just, I just found something that says that in the television season, 1973, 1974, the average estimated audience for All in the Family was a little over 20 million viewers. And, <laughs> and the way they do the rating is the percentage of households that have it on. Right. The TV rating is th- 33, 34, right in that area, which is literally the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. And again, th- th- that makes sense. One in three. Because there were only three channels. I mean, I, I know you're so young, you don't understand this. Like, there's sometimes I say things and I see the expression of my kid's face. Like, I don't understand what you mean, Dad, that there were no cell phones or there were no microwaves or things like that. Like, that, those, those things didn't exist. You have to put yourself into a mindset in which not only don't you have access to them, but there's never been them before. You don't miss them because you didn't know they were a possibility. Mm. And if that's the case, you didn't know there was, at, at some time very soon, there was going to be ESPN and CNN and uh, and and MTV which is sort of the three grandfathers if you will of cable television the explosion that came in the late 70s and changed everything and then it has all changed over and over and over again and then the internet came and that changed everything a trillion times over we've had the equivalent of the industrial revolution uh, happen like practically annually for the last 20 years so we live in an entirely different world and the point is, so when you ask me why is football emerged to a place of dominance like this, because it's the only thing left everybody watches at the same time. Mm. And that's why it's more valuable. More people, well, I don't know this, but as many people probably watched football then as do now, but the percentage of people is still strong. So anyway, I don't want to get sidetracked any further into this because I don't think it's something most of the people listening to us care about as much as we do, but I think it was a point that I think needed to be made. Okay, let me ask one quick question coming out of last night's game. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Bubba, was last night's absolute waxing, just thorough and total blowout, a good sign or a bad sign about the college football playoff expanding? Are you... Are you happier or less happy now about the expansion of the college football playoff after we saw 65-7 to in the college football championship game? I'd say it's a good sign because it's unlikely that a game like that would be happening in the championship game um, because it's uh, most likely that that game would be weeded out in the earlier rounds. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... It's kind of the like we always say we, we love Cinderellas until we see them in the very final game. So we love to see an upset in the you know we'll see some upsets in the beginning of the playoff. But once you get to the championship game, you want to see Ohio State play Alabama or you know Georgia play Texas or stuff like that. And that's what you hope to see in the in the future. And I think that's what it'll be like in the end. And it'll be fun. I, I think you are exactly right. College basketball is the place where we usually have this conversation. 
Everyone wants to see those bracket busters early on. Oh, I want to see <coughs> that 12 seed win a game. Make the Sweet 16. The Sweet 16 is as far as we want them to go. That's midnight. That's it. That's when the Cinderella's glass slipper has got to turn into a whatever it is it turns into. Pumpkin? Does it turn into a pumpkin? No, that's her carriage. Her slipper certainly does not turn into a pumpkin. That well, would be ridiculous. Whatever it is that turns into whatever else, that's when it happens. Is the Sweet 16. Cam has recently watched that movie. You don't want to see that. That's right. Cam was, his parents were showing him that movie like four weeks ago. Um, anyway, the point is, you don't really want to see them. We say we want to see them, but we don't really want to see them. The championship game should be Kansas and North Carolina like right. it was last year. That's what we want. We want to see the, you know, Hamptons and George Masons of the world, you know, coming, coming into that second weekend. But then, no, no, no. We need Kentucky. We need Kansas. We need all the teams we're accustomed to. I didn't tell you this was coming, but I have prepared a quick trivia question for you. So, <laughs> so next year, Kirby Smart's going to have the opportunity to be the first coach in the pole era to ever three-peat. I have found three instances, the only instances in the history of pro football in which a coach has three-peated. Can you name those three coaches? That has won three consecutive championships. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, there have been none in the Super Bowl era. So, so none of these will be Super Bowls. Are they all NFL championships, or are you counting like the AAFC and some of these others? There are two NFL and one AAFC. All right. So, in the NFL, certainly, Lombardi's Packers did it in the 60s. 65. So, that was the last NFL championship. And then, and the, then first, the first two Super Bowls. Yeah, 65 to 67. So, I know that one. Mm-hmm. Then another that won three championships. I mean, I, I have two guesses. One of them is we could be going back to the very origin of the sport. Like we, do these go back to like the 30s? Because if not, then I think we're going back to Paul Brown. I want to say Paul Brown's teams <clears throat> with Otto Graham and Max Speedy and Dante Lavelli and guys like that in the 50s. But I think the league they played in had a different... I want to say that was the All-American Football Conference or the All-American Football League or something. I think they won a bunch of championships. That is also correct. So yeah. f- from 1946 to 50, five years in a row, the Browns won the championship. The first four of those were in the AAFC under Paul Brown, like you said. But that is... The second one, the first one, came even before that. Came earlier than that. Came earlier than that. Yeah, so I don't really know who the... You know. We're going back to the... I do know. You can get this right. I can get this right? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of why you're telling me that I know this. So, I mean, the the, the founding fathers of the sport are George Hallis, Curly Lambeau, um, people like that. They may have won three championships. Like the Don Hudson Packers may have won three championships in a row, but I don't really know that. Could the Bears have won a bunch of championships in a row in the th- under George Hallis, who was the winningest coach ever? <coughs> Pardon me, at his time. The fact that you're saying you know this suggests to me because of my history in Chicago that you're telling me it's them. It is not the Bears. It is the Packers under Curly Lambeau from 1929 to 1931. So that is Don Hudson, the, the wide yeah. receiver, yeah, mm-hmm. who was like the first great receiver in NFL history, who I always found fascinating, played without shoulder pads. Did you know that? He did not wear shoulder pads. That actually predates Don Hudson. He, he, That's he, before Hudson. He debuted in 1935. Wow. Okay, so I don't even know who was on those teams. I mean, we're going all the, to the origin of the sport. That stuff. That was pre-postseason. Right. That stuff I don't know basically anything about. But that's, okay, it's a good question. So in, in the college game, we get it. All right, so you know what? I wasn't planning on doing all this college stuff here, but let's finish it, and, and then we'll get to the NFL stuff coming up in a minute. Let me ask the other question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Cam, let's find out what kind of person you are. I'm giving you two options. You are a hardcore fan of a team. Would you rather, A, 
Have your team make the championship and get blown out, embarrassed, humiliated, the way TCU was last night? Or would you rather they had lost last week to Michigan? Let's say that remarkable, incredible, close game, Michigan wins it by a field goal at the end. Would you rather have had that happen or win that game, make the championship last night, and lose 65-7? to And let me make sure I put into context the magnitude of 65-7. to The first college bowl game was played on the 1st of January, 1902. Since then, there have been 1,556 bowl games played. Last night's was the most one-sided. That is the most lopsided final score in the history of bowl games. If you're a fan of that team, would you rather they lost last week? Uh, no. I think you, you still want to get farther um, if you're comparing a blowout to a close game where there's more heartbreak, I'm, I'm picking the heartbreak. But if you're comparing you know, losing earlier to losing later, I'm still choosing losing later. Bubba, how about you? Uh, I, I'd still, you'd still rather go, I think. Uh, as terrible as it is, you'd still rather be the team that got there. You're still one of the two best teams in the entire country. So as... You don't think 65-7 to 7 undoes a little bit of that? Like, I understand they're obligated to put the team that loses last night second, but right now, if you were voting, if you're a voter in college football, would you put them second? Wouldn't you put Alabama second? It's a great or, question. Or I Ohio listened. State? That's true. They probably actually won't be second. I don't know. They were second. It came out, but I was actually listening oh, to the Oh, did it college. come out? Mm-hmm. But, but they're obligated. There's no, there's no, there are no options. Oh, no they have a choice. That's not true. I was listening to um, the College Game Day podcast coming in this morning, and yeah. what Reese Davis said is that he put TCU you sixth so i mean they finished second because oh, wow. most people do it um gratuitously i guess but he put them sixth and i would have done the same or something like six what is sixth like who, who you can't, is michigan ahead of them yeah but they beat michigan <laughs> you can't have that they TCU, beat michigan on a neutral field tcu is not better than michigan but they beat them no that i can't have you cannot tell me that this team now is better than that far. team when they played each other one time on a neutral field. The team that won that game has to go ahead. Yes, if Michigan and TCU played a thousand times, that's not the question. TCU they don't play a thousand won. times. No, no, no. In football, that doesn't happen. That's just, no, no, no. That's not okay. You cannot put them behind Michigan. So, so if you, you want to put them behind Alabama, I'm okay. You want to put them behind Ohio State, I'm okay. Penn State. And they no. won the Rose Bowl. The only losses they had were Michigan and Ohio State. No, but they no, no, no. They lost sixty-five to seven. It undermined everything else that they have done. So you're telling me you'd rather, if you're a fan of that team, have lost last week in a heartbreaker in a great game that you'd always be able to say you were proud to be a part of, than to have won and lost sixty-five yes, to seven. If you lose by one point to Michigan, it's like the most valorous <laughs> Cinderella story in the sports history. The only thing anyone will remember about 2022 TCU is that Georgia beat them 65-7 to in a game that was not that close. All right, coming up, we have all sorts of sound bites you need to hear. we got to do a lottery update, and then we'll talk about a man who eats a lot of chicken. Uh, those are on the way. By the way, your company has goals this year. Find the right people to help you achieve them with ZipRecruiter, where four out of five employers get a quality candidate. Within the first day, try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greenie. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, Craney with you here on ESPN Radio. Uh, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. The hashtag crew is assembled around me. We have a lot to get to here, and then we're going to open up the phones to you. Uh, I will tell you when to call. Don't call now. I don't want you sitting on hold all day long. The number is 888-SAY-ESPN, and we'll, we'll do the calls. Uh, we'll take them in about eight or nine minutes, and We'll get into a bunch of other things. So we, we talked about a variety of subjects, but I've got quite a few. Uh, I'm sorry, watch that I want you to hear. Just basically things that people said in the National Football League that I want you to hear. I'm sorry, what? what, what? I'm sorry, what, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? All right, the first of them, and this has gotten a lot of attention on Twitter and other places. It's Mike Tannenbaum, and it was on our TV show this morning, Mike T., suggesting what he thinks the Chicago Bears should do with the number one pick in the draft and with their current quarterback, Justin Fields. I would trade Justin Fields, and I'm taking nothing away from him. I think he has a chance to be a good, maybe a top 10 quarterback. But if you can get at least a first and a third round pick, which I believe you can because so many teams need a quarterback, I'm going to draft Bryce Young, who I think is going to be a better quarterback than Justin Fields, and when I do that and get at least a first and a third round pick, I'm resetting Bryce Young's rookie contract, and I'm going to be able to get at least four starting caliber players. A great illustration. So that was the point that he made. You, you get the general gist of it there. And we've spent a lot of time here talking about it. And the more I've talked, thought about it, the more I don't like it. Hmm. And I'll tell you why I don't like it. Because what you're betting on, at the end of the day, the contract is significant. I understand that. But the uniquely excellent quarterback, the quarterback who is a difference maker, is the hardest thing to find in practically any sport. It is certainly the hardest thing to find in that sport. Does Justin Fields look to you like he has a chance to be that? Which is to say, I can't sit here and say, Justin Fields is going to be the next Josh Allen. No one in their right minds can say that. But what is it about Justin Fields that says to you, he can't be every bit as good as Jalen Hurts next year. Jalen Hurts emerged from nowhere, largely because of, A, his own desire, work ethic, and ability, B, excellent coaching, C, organizational success. They put the right pieces around him. Justin Fields, I think, has kind of emerged amidst maybe the worst offense in the NFL. If you take the quarterbacks off the field, who had a worse offense this year? Who had worse offensive talent than Chicago did? Uh, the Giants, maybe? I don't think so. The Giants have Saquon the Barkley. The Ravens, maybe. But it, that's my Your but point. You, make, yeah. you, you understand my point. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking about a group that small. And 
<laughs> I think I think there is every reason if you ask me right now, I think Justin Fields is going to be a really good quarterback, and I don't think you let one of them go for the th- total uncertainty that is any draft. Pick. But for how long? Because I want to pin you down on this. You are very averse to quarterbacks who rely heavily on the run game, on their legs, because over the course of time, that skill deteriorates and you get hurt. Justin Fields, candidly, is still really, really rough as a passer. And so if you feel strongly that you can develop that part of his game, I'm with you. But if you feel like there's almost any chance that that doesn't come, you can't trade him soon enough if you don't think so. Here's my question. And, 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 and we should get an evaluator, Bub, but maybe for tomorrow, we should get Mel or Todd or one of those guys on to answer this question because I can't answer it. At similar stages of their careers, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. Is Justin Fields a less polished passer than those two guys were at the same moment in time. Like we can, we can look at the numbers, but there's more to it than that. And I don't remember, like I, I remember watching Jalen Hurts play in college and thinking, there's no way that guy's going to be an NFL quarterback. I remember Nick Saban being afraid to let him throw the football when he was at Alabama. So I don't know that Justin Fields isn't ahead of where Jalen was at that time. And Jalen Hurts right now might be the MVP of the league. Josh Allen was a guy who had to, can't, Josh Allen, I think, is a pretty reasonable comparison. <coughs> Fields isn't as big, but he's big. Allen isn't as fast, you know, but he's a great runner. And they both have cannons for an arm that need to be uh, coached. They, they need the right coaching and they need to have, they need those things to develop. Josh Allen did it with great organizational uh, structure around him. And now Josh Allen might be the MVP of the league. Maybe Justin Fields could be that. So here are the numbers. These are their passer ratings in their first two NFL seasons. Jalen Hurts was 84.7. Justin Fields, 79.7. And Josh Allen, 78.2. So Josh Allen was last. And, and, you know, he's the only one. Well, no, Fields... Fields didn't start immediately. Allen, I think, started immediately, didn't he? I think they made him the starter his very first game as a rookie. Um, he started 11 games as a rookie. 11 games. And Hurts started uh, like four or five Just as a rookie. The season, yeah. And Fields started like week five or six or something of his rookie year, something like that. Anyway, <clears throat> doesn't pretty, matter. It's a pretty even data set. It's though, reasonably even. Mm-hmm. So I think he falls in that category. So I, I don't see anything about Justin Fields that tells me he can't be the next one of those, the next Josh Allen, the next Jalen Hurts, the next guy about whom you have questions, who who has extraordinary gifts and who seems to have the right stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, look at the way Josh Allen has handled himself through this past week and everything else. Look at the look at the makeup of Jalen Hurts. That's the reason they are where they are. First and foremost, the things that make great quarterbacks great quarterbacks are things you cannot measure. And I don't know that Justin Fields has all of that, but I think he does. So I, I, I would not, I think right now I would be very hard pressed to do anything but try and do everything I can to develop Justin Fields. Trade that first pick to someone who wants to take Bryce Young or whoever, get a bunch of picks for it, stock up that roster, spend some of that free agent money, put a representative offensive line in front of him, give him two real weapons on the outside, and let's see what happens. Who's more likely to stay healthy-ish for the next 10 years? Bryce Young or or Justin Fields? Oh, Justin Fields. I mean, if if only based on their size, right? 
Bryce Young is small. He's a small man. Yeah, my, my theory on Bryce Young is same as my theory on Tua, which is if you're getting hurt at Alabama behind the best offensive line in the in the country every year, then you are likely to be injury prone. And that's my fear with Bryce Young. All right. So that's one of the sound bites that I wanted you to hear. Here's another. This is Zach Wilson um, on the idea that the Jets are going to bring in a veteran quarterback next year. You said you're competitors. So if they come to you in March and say, look, uh, we're going to keep you. We like you. We're going to develop you. But we're signing veteran X to be our starter. Mm-hmm. How would you feel? Yeah, I'm going to make that dude's life hell in practice every day. <laughs> you know, I'm going to I'm going to go out there and do my best uh, to just show the coaches that I deserve to be there. And, you know, and it's not it's not in a negative way. It's a positive way. It's making everybody else, you know, better, hopefully. All right. So here's here's the fair response. Zach Wilson has entered that horrible place where he can't say anything right. Like there's no there's no answer to that that is going to sound great. That said, that's an awful one. I mean, obviously, just an awful one. Um, when things have gone as badly as they have, that just feels too flippant. Like, that feels like you're trying to say something funny in a moment that does not call for humor, right? <laughs> I mean, everyone's life has been hell as a result of watching this. You're, 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 on, a, you're on Johnny Manziel's trajectory professionally. Oh. And, and I mean, I've got, I've got fan, friends who are big Jet fans who well, I don't even want to say what they think. So, so, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that's not a good answer. Like, I don't, I don't know what a good answer is, but that isn't a good answer. The, 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 I will give him this. There isn't a good answer. Like, there's nothing he can say that is not going to just sound terrible when he says he it. He is uniquely gifted at saying the worst thing all the time. And honestly, to call him Johnny Manziel would be a huge compliment. Johnny Manziel was way better in college. No, in the NFL. I don't remember Johnny Manziel. Did he have a good year? No, but Zach Wilson's like the worst, like the biggest bust ever. I mean, I agree with you that he's on the Johnny Manziel trajectory. I mean that to say, how many years was Johnny Manziel in the league? Like he was only in the league a very short time. Now Johnny Manziel had a much more decorated college career and everything else. Two years. Uh, he went two and six in two years. That's what I mean. So, I mean, Zach has been in the league two years. Will he be in the league anymore? I think he will. On the Jets? I think so. You think he'll be on the Jets next season? I think so. That's, that seems like a uh, sunk cost fallacy to me. He's going to be there making life hell for somebody. For you. <laughs> but I hope it's for whoever they bring in to be the starting quarterback. There's any number of things about that strategy that I like. Okay. <laughs> Let's throw open the phones. Our number is 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888 The question I have for you is, what do you want to know? Which means you can ask us a question, and we will answer it at 888-SAY-ESPN. Next, after this word from AutoZone, AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. The AutoZone Fix Finder service not only identifies the check engine light code, but helps identify the most likely cause of that light being on. The information is verified by data from over 5.5 million ASE certified technicians. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone is here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. We're back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Grainy with you on ESPN Radio. Uh, we are jam-packed here, and we're about to take... <coughs> Pardon me, your calls asking the question, what do you want to know on the Dr. Pepper call in line? I'll get to those in a minute. But first, Bubba, can I get a quick check on our lottery update? So for those of you who listen to the show, you know that we buy lottery tickets together as a group because I could never live with myself if a collection of people that I'm around as regularly as this bought lottery tickets together and won and I had not participated. For me to throw in $10 is not a very big deal, and to lose out on the possibility of winning a billion, I could never live with myself. Hembo, because you're kind of a dope, you just refuse to be a part of it. You're like above it. I ran the numbers, and what the probabilities say is that I'm likelier to get struck by lightning twice than win this freaking thing with you guys. Did or did your wife not go buy lottery tickets this morning with your twins, uh, little Michelle and, you know, the other one? She did. She did. And I'm not proud to say so. What a dope. Uh, Bubba, what is the latest on our lottery tickets? Well, first of all, you're making the smart move here, Greeny, because we're going to win eventually, and it's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> yep. And we're all going to laugh at Hembo. Right. Um, but the bad news is we only won $2 in our last uh, lottery from Friday. So we okay. Who's had... clapping in there? How much did we put in? Yeah, so we, we, we got uh, 25 tickets because there's five of us there. So we had uh, $50. We, we bet $50 and we won two. Right. So that was Better than zero. Know, unfortunate, right, we're but up, okay. We're up $2. I like You're down $48. No, we're up yeah, $2. Yeah, we won $2. When you put money into the lottery, you just forget it. Yeah, that's gone. It's a, a sunk sun cost, cost fallacy. Right, right exactly. $2 ahead. I, I, went, I went to the store and I handed them a ticket and they gave me $2. So, Two dollars. I mean, that was pretty good. Which, which amounts to forty cents each. So that's pretty good. Right. Pretty good. We're up forty. You cents. badly just misused sunk cost fallacy. <laughs> but the even better news no, is don't correct me. I don't want to be corrected. Go ahead. The even better news is no one anywhere in the country won the big prize. Mm-hmm. So tonight the jackpot is one point one billion. Oh, we're in. So we're all back. Right. Fifty more dollars. Twenty five tickets. Plus, I bought the ticket with that two dollars already, so we're gonna have twenty six tickets. Twenty six tickets. And we're we're good to go. We're so ready that increases to go. our odds. Absolutely. Just, now now they're equal to being hit by lightning once. <laughs> like I think now we have as good a chance as you have. If you go stand outside in a lightning storm holding a five iron <laughs> over your head. <laughs> Sold. Then I think you have a better chance. <laughs> what if my if my wife wins though? Like if yeah. somehow Lizzie wins, with the she girls. should leave you, take the twins, and keep the money. Right? Yes. What other options does she have? After I so defiantly, yeah, you have you have made this position. You have not only you have looked down on us, you have looked down on her. It is beneath us. You've looked. It's it's beneath your wife. You're, 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 you are beneath everything. That is what is going on. Whatever is everything is above you. <laughs> That's what I have decided. All right, let's go to the phones here. Uh, it could be our last day, because if we win a billion dollars, oh, we probably won't God. be in here tomorrow. It'll just be hashtag Hembo and friends. It's the worst show ever. Anyway, your chance to be a part of the Dr. Pepper call-in line, uh, or on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, you can be a part of Greeny Nation. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Who's got the calls today, Bubba or Cam? It is Cam, and right, Cam. it is Brian in Florida first. All right, Brian, you're on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Brian, what do you want to know? 
Uh, I got a question about the Miami Bills game Sunday and what you guys' opinion on if they should even consider to, uh, to play in that game. Absolutely not. I will be shocked if Tua is cleared to play that game. I'm not sure how anyone in good conscience, look, I get it. You're a Dolphin fan. You're a member of the Dolphins organization. You've waited a really long time for an opportunity, and you want to go up to Buffalo and give it your best shot. They were just up there a few weeks ago and played them tough. So I don't think even with Tua at his absolute best, they win that game. But you can't say they have no chance. Without him, they definitively have no chance. So I totally understand the frustration of the fan and the members of the organization. But you cannot, in good conscience, after the season that Tua has had and the, con- the consecutive uh, concussions that he has had, I do not think you can put him in harm's way. I agree with you, but I'm definitely not ruling it out. The in good conscience part is something that pro football doesn't really do that well. I, I would not be surprised if Tua is out on the field and if he got cleared before the playoff game. I hope I'm wrong, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. We talked about it in our meeting this morning, and Dan Graziano really, he basically just looked at me and said, Greeny, we have nothing. Like, I don't know. He doesn't know, okay. Yeah, if he's going to play or not. Like, he he has no, I think it makes your point. I'll be very surprised, and I'll be honest with you. I will be nervous watching that game if Tua is out there. Yeah. Like, you, you, you are, I don't know how any doctor can say, oh, he is at no greater risk for anything terrible to happen to him than anyone else running around out there if he gets hit and his head slams into the turf. I, I, I just, I will be surprised, and, and frankly, there'll be a part of me that'll be very concerned if that happens. Cam, who's next? We got Mark in West Virginia. Mark, you're on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Mark, what do you want to know? Hey, Green, it's Mark Brown from West Virginia. Hey, I just wanted to have a Packer question. Uh, do you guys think that we should still trade Jordan Love? And if so, um, what do you think we should do with the first-round draft pick? And I hope you feel better, man. Thank you. I'm still having a lot of trouble with this. I'm going to see another doctor at the end of the week. So, should the Packers trade Jordan Love? He's going into what? Year four. four. He's the same year as Burrow. He was in that draft. The pandemic draft. He was in the Burrow to uh, That's right. (coughs) So, (laughs) you have to make some kind of decision on him. I don't know. I think you do nothing with him. I don't think you trade him. I, I think you keep him there. Because, Roger, well, here's the reason you trade him. You trade him if you know he's worse than the world thinks he is. Because I don't know how, what you get for him. I don't think you're getting anything. You're not getting a first-round pick for him. No way. Could you get a second-round pick for him? I don't, I don't know. <clears throat> That's a good question for Mike Tannenbaum or, or, or someone like that. He looked Lewis pretty Riddick. good against Philly this year. I, I don't think you trade him unless you think he can't play. Because Rodgers is the dictionary definition of year-to-year. <laughs> Right? I mean, could you be – who is more year-to-year than Aaron Rodgers, in or out of sports? So that that does that feels to me like one I would hang on to if you have any belief in him at all. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Cam, who's next? We got Reese in Kentucky. All right, Reese, what do you want to know? Hey, Greeny, man, I know y'all jet situation quarterback is bad, but besides Mike White from my Hilltoppers, but what in the hell are the Titans going to do? We got a dude that's an engineer – playing quarterback that don't I mean what 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 do we do I don't know they, they fired a whole bunch of offensive coaches there right so they they're, they're making over that situation what is Ryan Tannehill's contractual he's a free agent right no they'll they'll cut him loose because there's no more guaranteed money okay the presumption so, is that Malik Willis is going to play quarterback for them next year okay well there you go you're, you're going to play with Malik Willis I mean you drafted him he wound up falling to what the third round yeah. last year um he was – look, he is a player who has a lot of talent and was thought to be raw. 
So maybe you still have to bring in another veteran, one of these stopgap, I'm going to use it like a Marcus Mariota type of person to come in and, and be your stopgap until you feel like he can go. And, and, and look, maybe after a year in your program, you don't think that Malik Willis can be your quarterback of the future. But that does feel like it has been at least partially addressed. We talked a lot, of, a lot about this with the Packers, much less so with the Titans. Don't trade Devontae Adams and don't trade A.J. Brown no, unless a, you absolutely have to. Insanity. What in the, like, if, you, if you don't have a legit off-ramp, like, for example, Justin Jefferson when they moved on from Stephon Diggs in Minnesota, don't trade the Hall of Fame talent at wide receiver that you have unless you have to. No, Traylon Burks is a good player, and, and so I get it. They, they tried to do the same thing that Minnesota did. Minnesota traded Stephon Diggs and then drafted Justin Jefferson to replace him. I think that they think they did the same thing in Tennessee. They traded A.J. Brown and they drafted Traylon Burks. Now, bear in mind that this season, A.J. Brown was catching passes from Jalen Hurts and um, and and Traylon Burks was catching passes from I don't even know who. I mean, at some point, was it Josh Dobbs on and Saturday? Tannehill and Willis. They yeah. kind of ran out of options. So mm-hmm. I think that kid's going to be a good player. I, I did the draft. I, I remember him the, from Arkansas. Everybody liked him. But the so Titan- I think he could be a good player. The Titans would be playing this weekend if they did not trade A.J. Brown. I think that's fair. I mean, considering how close they were to playing this weekend anyway, mm-hmm. I think that is fair. Well, let's do one more, Cam, before we get to our chicken story. Go ahead, Cam, go. Who is it? Who we got? We got Travis in Virginia. Travis, what do you want to know? Yes, uh, I'm in the game for the lottery. Uh, also, I'm putting 20 in. I get my 10 easy picks, no no uh, power play or anything like that. So uh, I was talking to the man. Do you feel maybe when you're in it, if the winner comes from your state, even a little bit more salty, just like, oh, man, I was, I was, I was in the, like, hunt for it, but you just missed it by, by not being in the right store when you got your pick or something. And maybe also another sub-question I thought of on hold, would you ever put a bet on what state the winner would come from? There probably are. Can you make that bet? Can, can you go to? I'm not participating in this. No, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah, most winners bad. tend to. Come, I would. I would bet like Florida and California. That's where the most come from, and I feel like generally it's because of population. But most winners tend to come from there. Here's how it started. You could lose the music on that. Thank you for the calls, everybody. Here's how this all started for me. I think I've told you this story before. I had never bought a lottery ticket literally in my entire life. And I was hanging out with my buddy Eduardo. He, his his uh, wife is, is Chris McKendry from our tennis coverage and everything. Our, our families are very good friends. <clears throat> and uh, he and I went out to get sandwiches for everybody. Like the families are hanging out at their house by the pool, whatever. We go to a, like a deli to get sandwiches. And while we're there, he says, I'm going to buy tickets for the Powerball or whatever it was. It's like, a, you know, whatever, a billion dollars. And I thought to myself, I know it's unlikely. But if he wins a billion dollars buying these tickets. I'm never going to get over it. I, I will never get over that. So I said to him, whatever you buy, I'll, can I just give you half the money for it and, and we'll just be in this together? And he said, absolutely. And that's how I first bought it. And that's kind of where it is my, it is FOMO. It is FOLO. <laughs> I have a fear. It's the lottery version of FOMO. Well, that's what I almost feel like they shouldn't even honestly tell you where it was because to your point, almost like imagine if someone else won at the, you know, bodega, wherever you were, you know, an hour before, hour later. That's almost even worse. I almost wish they don't even, because they always tell you, like, eventually they'll be like, you know, 1.1 billion tickets sold at the Sunoco station on uh, West Street. You know, they they tell you the exact spot, and you're like, I was just there. Well, that's right. how they get you back. And that, that's, uh, but I wish they don't even tell you, because you, you you get so frustrated, and <laughs> you can, you go, you'll go crazy thinking about all the possibilities. Like, oh, I was just there, but I bought a ticket there. I, I could have been there. It's, you'll go, it, it's crazy. I wish they didn't even tell you. 
Greeny, you have FOMO only because people that you know are also participating. They do this all the time. Like, no, who I, cares? No, but if people I know are participating and talking about it and offered me the chance to be a part of it, there's something in the recesses of my psychology that says they'll win because I didn't. Like the fact that I didn't, just the fact that I turned it down means they'll win just because life will punish me in that you're, way. You're just so obviously a Jets fan. I, I mean, it, it, it goes long, long, long past that. All right, one last thing before we wrap it up for the day. There's something I just want you to know. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. A Philadelphia... What is it? I'm sorry, quick what update? There's a quick Bears update from uh, oh, Courtney Cronin to, uh, based on our whole topic earlier. <laughs> Courtney Cronin, who is our Bears reporter... Tweeted on sitting on the number one draft pick and potentially being intrigued to draft a quarterback. Poll said he would have to, quote, be absolutely blown away to make that decision. So he's leaving his options open as he probably should. Okay, here's what I want you to know. A guy has gone viral in Philadelphia for eating chicken. A Philadelphia man has become the king of the Internet for a month after claiming to have eaten a whole entire roast chicken a day for 40 days straight. His name is Alexander Tominsky, or he's known simply as Chicken Guy. He ate his 40th roast chook, or rotisserie chicken, on November 7th near a Walmart. <laughs> so uh, what was the question? I just find it fascinating. I love a roast chicken. A good roast chicken is absolutely one of my favorite things in the world. If you said to me, what, it's not, I wouldn't call it my favorite meal, but if you said what meal tastes better than anything else you roast a chicken just right and serve it with the fries you got a little bit of that juice like in a little bit of the chicken juice and that's kind of on the fries and you salt everything just right not so i think i could eat that for 40 straight days you think you could do a rotisserie chicken for 40 straight days like alexander absolutely you do why not wow well, well, i mean couldn't you i i mean i could i think it would get exceedingly old well exceedingly anything you fast. ate for 40 straight days would get old so the point is if i'm saying you have to eat something for 40 straight days how many things go ahead of a rotisserie chicken there's also probably a pretty unhealthy option at some point right well that's a lot healthier than a lot of other things also a lot of food uh, okay a but whole I'm, chicken well uh, do you specify if you eat the entire chicken you eat the entire rotisserie chicken. i could eat an entire chicken no you could not uh, easily you're dainty i could eat an entire chicken i eat a lot Bubba, could you eat an entire chicken every day for 40 days? An entire roast chicken? No. Why not? That doesn't even... That doesn't well, of all the me. things you could have every day, 40 yeah. days in a row, what would it be? If I told you you have to eat the same meal every day, 40 days in a row, what would it be? Well, I think the easiest thing for me would just be pizza. I would be... That would, that would not... Talk about unhealthy. Oh, yeah. That's unhealthier than a rotisserie chicken. Wow. Well, we're not talking about being... If you're doing anything for 40 straight days, we're not trying to be a beacon of healthier. I'm just saying it's something that I would not, it would not bother me at all. I could have that 40 straight days to be fine. Cam, what would you eat 40 straight days? I don't know, like a slice of toast, something benign. All right, the slice That's of toast. That's just horrific. A Get slice him off of the toast. show. I agree. <laughs> what happened to Nuno? <laughs> That's a terrible answer. All right, fun today. Thanks, everybody. We'll win the lottery and see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. for listening to Greeny the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.